everybody. I'm Sean Reynolds from Sportsnet, about to be joined by Ken Weed from the Winnipeg Free Press. Together we are Kenny and Rennie, and this is the Kenny and Rennie post-game show after another in a long, long list of reasons to believe in the Winnipeg Jets, ladies and gentlemen. Depth wins the day. Uh, goals from the second line, two from the third line, goal from the fourth line. You know, the the, the fourth line goal to me is is the backbreaker uh it's the one that takes this game and it's not even just the cherry on top it's it could have gone a much different way uh, a lot of things and, and here i'm going to take the pessimists or maybe even the minnesota wild fans take on this and tell you why they think it would have been a different game and then i'll tell you why i think that that's bogus uh first goal of the game you're gonna have a wild fan out there who's gonna say lucky bounce you know goes in and it is it's a lucky bounce let's all be honest with ourselves that goal is only gonna go in you know like one time out of 10 or one time out of 20 whatever it is okay that's fine it's a lucky goal let's just say say that's what it is and then the jets just keep going right they keep grinding they keep grinding and then they go get a good honest true to form goal out of your third line as adam lowry grinds the puck around the net throws it out in front gets the two defensemen looking the wrong way sets it up for nito niederreiter on a platter he puts it in the back of the net if this was you know a a luck situation while the winnipeg jets in, in in this case are, are you know they're going to fold after that or or the, the Minnesota Wild are going to come down and they're going to get one the other way right lucky bounces they're going to happen that's not why the Winnipeg Jets built up a lead in this game they were the better team to start that game they were the more prepared team to start that game they jump out to a two goal lead which puts them in a situation and they just keep going and then it's Nino Niederreiter with the third one now go fast forward Jets get to or excuse me the Wild get two goals I like their goals. They're good looking goals. They're hard to defend against. You know, the second one, they get inside on the Jets, which is a place, you know, you haven't seen a lot of goals like that. Low to high to the middle. Not a lot of, you know, opportunity for for Connor Hellebuck to save that goal. It's a really nice goal by the Minnesota Wild. Now all of a sudden it's 3-2. First thing, 20 seconds into the third period, everyone thinks that it's, you know, this is... going to turn on a dime maybe the Winnipeg Jets are going to allow four goals for the first time in however long it's been god that count is I've lost counts probably around 25 26 or something like that since they've been uh, allowed more than three goals and then there's going to be Minnesota Wild fans who say okay well we changed our goalie in that situation and Marc-Andre Fleury comes into the game and he's a little bit uh you know a little bit rusty he's not ready for the game and that leads to AJS goal which is a squeaker through the arm and I agree it's a squeaker through the arm and so okay well maybe in that situation the Jets don't score that and it's still 3-2 I still call bogus on that because if you fast forward later on to the uh Nino Niederreiter potential hat trick goal and he's absolutely robbed by Marc-Andre Fleury Marc-Andre Fleury giveth Marc-Andre Fleury taketh away the Winnipeg Jets kept going And this is just one thing, again, I'm going to say that I absolutely, absolutely love about the way the Winnipeg Jets are playing hockey right now is it's a no-doubt situation. They're not leaving it up to, yeah, well, we got a lucky bounce here. Yeah, well, we caught a goalie coming into the game a little bit rusty. They're not trying to escape the game after that happens right they're not sitting back they're not allowing the wild to kind of control the puck no they're going down they continue grinding uh they continue trying to create opportunities where they're going to put themselves in a position where they can make it four two where they can make it five two where they can make it six two the jets don't stop coming at you they come at you in waves. They don't, they're like the ocean. They're just going to keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. And that's why this game looks so much like every other game against established competition that comes rolling into town. It's another 4-2 victory, 5-2 victory. We've seen this over and over again in the blueprint is so often the same. The Jets just coming out and being ready to start the game, overwhelming their opponent. You know, they hit a post early on. Josh Morrissey did. They don't let that stop them. It's not, oh, well, they came close and then the other team goes down the other way. They don't leave that to chance. And another example of the Jets not leaving it to chance. I thought it was subtle. But after the Minnesota Wild go out and make that game uh, a 3-2 game, 20 seconds into the first, I believe it's Mark Shifley's line that goes out next. Often, it's Adam Lowry's line that is given this task of stealing the momentum back in the game. Mark Shifley's line goes out. 
that very next shift and grinds and grinds, takes it down into Minnesota's end. They're not going to turn this into a scenario by which the Minnesota Wild start the period with momentum and are able to carry the momentum for the first five or six minutes. They come out and they say, nope, you had that opportunity. We're going to snuff this out right here. And that leads to another great shift by Adam Lowry's line. And eventually the fourth line comes out and they get that opportunity. Say what you want about that puck squeaking in and going through Marc-Andre Fleury. You know, and I don't think AJF is the kind of player you can give the benefit of the doubt and say, no, no, he found a soft spot in the goaltender and got it through. This is AJF just throwing the puck on the net. But this is a great low to high play. The way that it sets up, uh, the the Wild are a little bit, you know, again, the Jets' details versus the Minnesota Wild's details. There's an opportunity for the Wild to get that puck out. They don't do it. And that fourth line takes advantage. Grind it along the boards, move it down, get Marc-Andre Fleury looking one way, throw it back out the other way to AJF. It's in the back of the net. We've got to talk about these fourth lines, and we will once Kenny's in the show, but the fourth line and the way that it doesn't matter who's on it or who comes up or who's being given an opportunity, they are all constantly taking advantage of that opportunity. We should talk about Morgan Barron because really, if we're looking for constants on that fourth line, Morgan Barron is the constant. And you, you got to give him credit for the, the singular style of game that he plays over and over and over again and the way that his teammates are able to play off that. But I do want to do something early in the game to pull out receipts. Ken's not quite in there yet. so uh, But I'm going to pull out a receipt and I'm going to say this. Ken, I would not share this unless Ken had given me the right to share it. He could have vetoed this. That's how Kenny and Rennie works. That's how this partnership works. He could have vetoed me bringing this out and saying this, and he didn't. He should have. He probably should have because, ladies and gentlemen, we are going back. We are going back to the third line conversation here, which I don't know why we have to keep coming back to this, but Ken Weeb sticking by his guns with that. I said to him, before the game started, or as the game started, 1.11 p.m., I said, this is the kind of game Lowry's line will be the difference makers, the kind of hockey they live for. That is exactly what we saw. And again, uh, it, it, I, I, this is this is like one of those scenarios where you ever see those movies where you know like the big guy is going in. Oh, hey, it's Cool Hand Luke. Everyone who's seen Cool Hand Luke, Cool Hand Luke, Kenny's Cool Hand Luke. He comes in in this situation, and the big guy comes in and he gives him a whumping, and he goes to walk away, and Cool Hand Luke stands up and he wants another beating, right? And then you go and you give him another beating, and this is what this argument is. And then Cool Hand Luke stands up again. Now in the movie, Cool Hand Luke is garnering respect from the big guy because he just won't give up. Ken, I don't respect you on this. Let it die. Let it go because you are harming our audience at this stage, Ken. That's what I'm going to say. We know about the Kenny Acolytes who no matter what they do, they'll stand by their guy as wrong as he can be. But I got to say, my heart has hurt a little bit over the last little while here because, you know, we see the Kenny Acolytes, the Kenny's water bottles of the world, the Stonewall Daves, who despite all rhyme and reason will stand by a take that does not deserve to be stood behind. But one stood out to me uh, in our last show, and it was it was top line media, Nick Lynham, who uh, has a podcast of his own. And usually he and Rennie's Thoughts kind of align on a lot of things, but he wrote in our last show, hashtag Kenny's right about the third line. And, and my heart broke a little bit. Like you people don't know how hard Rennie has had to work to keep the integrity of the Kenny and Rennie podcast going while Ken goes down this road over and over and over again. Nick Lynham, he's got the top line media podcast and he's going on there and he's echoing Kenny's sentiments on the third line. I got to tell you, Nick, I hate to see you do damage to yourself, but hey, it is your right to do that. I am not going to stand in the way of that. Uh, but I'm just, let, let, let me just tell you this, people. Rennie's here for you. Rennie has got you covered. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the Johnson Group got you covered play of the game here. All you got to do, all you got to do is not follow down the road of obviously terrible takes. Uh, 
this is one of them breaking up the third line. Rick had a great Rick, uh, North End Rick has had some great, uh, great uh, conversations about this. Uh, but I'm going to tell you this. Ken was sitting in the green room and he got up and left because the truth hurts, folks. The truth hurts in this situation. If you were looking for a more obvious case of why this third line needs to stay together, it is not a case of them continually scoring and dominating and doing all these kind of things. It's for games like this against the Minnesota Wild. I was really excited about watching this game and how the Jets' style matched up with the Minnesota Wild because this is a team that can grind, and we'll get into that and we'll have that conversation. But it's why I texted Ken that this is the kind of game where the, the the Minnesota Wild play a style of game that will be a challenge to the Jets style and what it comes down to is who can stick to that style or be better at that style or more explosive at that style and this is where the third line comes into play on that that's Rennie's take on this I guess we have to bring in Ken and allow him to pollute your minds more with this third line take because that's what we do well I, I, I can lead a horse to water I can't make them drink. You've been drinking Kenny's Kool-Aid. If you want more of that Kool-Aid, let's bring in the man with apparently the best Kool-Aid in town. Here comes Ken, everybody. Ken, I'm going to say never have you been a luckier guy to be a Vittorio Rossi man because you look so good that maybe even your hot takes are looking good right now. And that's the power of Vittorio Rossi. Maybe that's why these people are sticking with you on this third line take because they see a guy in a suit like that and they're like, how can a guy like that be wrong? Hey, if you want your hot takes to look that good, you know what to do. Head on down to Vittorio Rossi. Go walk in, loudly proclaim that Kenny and Rennie sent you. Ask for Frankie and the boys, and they will dress you up so good that even your bad takes look good, everybody. Ken, I've taken too much of everyone's time belaboring this point, so it's time for you to jump in and hop in. What would you see of that, Ken? Well, when we were discussing receipts of the second intermission, I didn't, I didn't know that I agreed to a skewer fest here. But uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm just happy to be a, the human pinata for you. No problem. Uh, excellent effort by the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Nino Niederreiter, you know, another great game. Guess what? Guess what? He gets, uh, gets his way to the front of the blue paint, living in his office, as he told us. And, yeah, I mean, the third line set the tone today. Yes, they were on for the goal that, uh, you know, made things a little bit interesting around here. Matt Boldy scoring 20 seconds into the third. But mm-hmm. uh, that line was uh, back to, to use a, uh, you know, a phrase that you like to use. They were the human sledgehammer in this game against the wild team that had been, you know, oh, Sean almost scoring at will, quite frankly. And today they basically, uh, I mean, Connor Hellbuck was steady in making 34 saves. I thought the Jets, especially at five on five, this game wasn't close. No. <laughs> I mean, um, the, and I don't know what happened in the second period. It, the, the parade to the it was, it was a parade to the penalty box for not for the reasons that we were expecting. Sean, this had nothing to do with any any spillover uh, from last year's mayhem uh, on either side. So, uh, you know, second period minors, including interference, roughing, holding. Um, holding, 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 roughing, like, come on. Like, it, this was not a, this was not a situation where it, it was a game that got out of hand, Sean, right? It, it did not get out of hand. It was not a dirty game. I mean, a couple things had to be called, but the, there was, there was a stretch of two holding minors, neither which should have been called. Anyways, this, uh, this is not going to steer into a officiating rant by any stretch of the imagination, but, uh, I thought the Jets were very good in the first. They kind of let the wild hang around a little bit, if you will. Uh, but overall, this was a uh, this was a very you know very solid win for them. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna just post this quickly here. Uh, 
Nick, Nick is staying on my in my corner here briefly. I know well, because like I Sean, you you haven't been spouting that for very long in the last fifteen games or so. That line has been steady but not dominant. So, hey, all you need from that line is to be very good. Um, and but you need them for games like this. Absolutely right. But yeah, I, you know, again, I, I'm not really that line was fantastic. Uh, you know, in a game where Cole Perfetti had ten shot attempts and was kind of buzzing. You know, natural goal scorer that goes to the paint might not have hurt them. But uh, I love the way that that line played against the Kaprizov line, Sean. Kaprizov has been absolutely on fire. Uh, got himself back up to being a point-a-game player, four-game goal streak where he had five goals. Uh, that line was very good because what happens when that line is rolling, Sean? That line <laughs> has the puck, so guys like Kaprizov don't have it. So yeah. uh, I love their work below the goal line. And, you know, we've been talking about Mason Appleton. You know, he had a great offensive start. He kind of cooled a little bit. I love what he did on that first uh, first goal by Niederreiter. He won a battle in the corner with Zach Bogosian. Adam Lowry steals the puck, uh, gets it on the wraparound uh, to Niederreiter, scores. I mean, the next one, Morrissey finds Niederreiter. I mean, like, it, just, it was an impressive display. Um, yeah, I mean, I just thought the Jets were very good in this night. I mean, it wasn't a... I think it was a game that was closer than it needed to be, uh, quite frankly, but that was more special teams related. Uh, it was another day where the Jets' power play had an opportunity to kind of put their opponent away, but at the same time, it didn't really hurt them. Their penalty kill was very good. Um, for me, I would also say, you know, a lot of people up in arms, oh, well, you know, same old thing with the power play. This power play wasn't the same. It moved the puck better today. If they move the puck the way they did today, they'll be rewarded, but... At the same time, it's a it's an issue for the team right now that they got to battle through. Uh, but I would say that their ability to kind of, you know, keep the power or the penalty kill playing. Yes, Hartman's goal came with six seconds left. But I would say that, you know, the penalty kill, I think, had three clean sheets in a row. Uh, was still pretty steady today for the most part. Uh, that's an important development for them. Hellebuck, uh, outside of the bizarro world, you know, spinner... I, I'm going to tell you something right now, Sean. When a goalie at one point is facing his back, his numbers are facing the shooter, and his mask is facing towards the lounge area, that, that generally is not a great recipe. But Connor Hellebuck got the 360 completed in time and made the save, I think, off Marco Rossi. Uh, one of the more bizarre saves that you'll see. It was not out of the uh, technically sound playbook, but you know, sometimes when you're playing well, things go that way uh, for a team. So... Uh, impressive. Uh, imp- Again, I thought this is another great example, Sean, where uh, the highlight reel is not full, but Connor Hellbuck was very good today, big and boring. And, you know, I don't like to pound on the numbers here, but down to, I think, 234 goals against and 919 save percentage. So that it, <laughs> those are, those are Vesna quality numbers uh, for, you know, Thing. This is well that whatever slow start was in the mix, uh, that is uh, you know not that is well well back. That object is not closer than it may appear uh, in the rearview mirror. It is well back into the uh, you know almost to the history books uh, based on how things were. So, anyways, impressive effort on a number of fronts. I mean, we're going to get into the fourth line um, a little bit more as I mean that's one thing on the on the buffet we haven't touched on, but uh, we've got a lot to sort of dig into here as we move along. No doubt. Um, uh, just to touch on that, I, someone had talked about, uh, I, I just like going back to this stat uh, and it's not even a stat to me. It's the, who is the better goalie on this night? I think the jets got the better goaltending than the Minnesota wild did, despite that unbelievable save uh, by Mark Andre Fleury, who in his yeah. 999th game, looks to have taken home an award uh, from our show. I know where I'm going. Oh, goodness. But I'm still at this thing where it's like halfway through that game. It's basically, I think there's 12 minutes left and I look up and there's only 10 shots on the clock. Uh, and, And the issue with that is what I see in that game, Ken, as the shots end up piling up and there's 36 shots by the end of that game by the Minnesota Wild. But to your point, this isn't the Minnesota Wild taking over this game and finding a way to throw another 26 shots on net in the last half of the game. This is the Minnesota Wild just constantly throwing pucks at the net because they're just trying to get something going. And I go back into this. This is another scenario by which, and again, we've seen Connor Hellebuck look like a phenomenal goaltender 
when he's behind a bad defensive team. This is Connor Hellebuck behind a phenomenally defensive team where the numbers that you are talking about are inflated because teams are just throwing hope plays over and over and over and over again at the goaltender. But when you are having hope plays where teams are just floating the puck in on the goaltender and you are not allowing the opposition to the net front the way the Winnipeg Jets don't, the, the Winnipeg Jets as a team are inflating Connor Hellebuck's numbers. This is, I'm not saying this is an easy game for Connor Hellebuck, but this was not a hard game for Connor Hellebuck. 36 shots sounds like it is. And I just keep coming back to this. I think a couple of years ago, this is something that I think will work against Connor Hellebuck by some people if they're paying attention analytically. Connor Hellebuck won a Vesna because he didn't have the best team that traditionally a lot of really good Vesna caliber trophy winners have had in the past. He was a guy who kept a team that was not a very good team alive. He's now a guy who's benefiting from a really great team around him. In order to win the Vesna, he is going to A, have one thing working for him, the numbers that you're talking about, because a lot of guys are just going to look and they're going to vote on this award based on the numbers that he's putting up but he's gonna need to win over the people who look at this and say yeah but you don't have to be good because i would argue it like this like take the middle of the road average goaltender in the nhl right now put him in the crease for the winnipeg jets and i wonder what the winnipeg jets would look like my argument is i don't think they would look a heck of a lot different than what they look like right now this is not to take anything away from connor hellebuck this is to pat the winnipeg jets coaching staff their players how they're using this system. Connor Hellebuck can be a Vesna caliber goaltender without really needing to break a sweat behind this Winnipeg Jets system. I, I wanted to turn to something quickly here, uh, but before I do, I want you to give Sweet Lou a shout out. Sure, folks, it is, it is the season. We know it's the end of the year, ready to flip the calendar. But if you have real real estate needs you'd like to have met, you can contact Lou Ferlin at Royal LePage Dynamic Realty, 204-791-9971, or at the office, 204-989-5000. His email is lou at louferlin.ca. That's L-O-U at L-O-U-F-U-R-L-A-N.ca. Lou Ferlin, excellent realtor, excellent human being, and excellent supporter of this podcast and this community. We are very thankful. I had a great chat with uh, Sweet Lou earlier this week. He's doing well and uh, looking forward to moving a few more houses in the new year. There we go. Loving Sweet Lou and just like uh, Brass Bonanza, who I haven't seen for a while. Good to see them back. back. Lou is the man. Good to see back. Okay. I wanted to talk about Kaprizov. Uh, This is... um, uh, this is probably not a lot in the Winnipeg Jets circle because, I mean, t- for the most part, a lot of the media didn't even see this had happened, and it was a situation. Rick Bonus touched on it after the game, uh, but Kaprizov was out of that game for the last little while after taking, uh, I think it was a couple. Last 10 minutes or so. Uh, yeah, last 10 minutes. He took a couple cross checks to the back and kind of into the floating rib area by Brendan Dillon. If you were wondering why Brendan Dillon took that fight, if you were thinking, wow, this is odd that he would take on a staged fight in a situation like this where, you know, only the Minnesota Wild really have the ability to to gain some momentum from this. The reason he did is because Brendan Dillon's the kind of guy who's going to answer the bell. He was answering the bell for that cross check that took Kaprizov out of the game. And again, Brendan Dillon's not the kind of guy to go you know hurt someone and then hide behind his team or the score or anything like that he steps up his coach was okay with it I love that mentality both from the coach and from Brendan Dillon Wild fans are going to be looking at this this is the second straight time that the Wild have come into town and Kaprizov has left the game injured they're not going to be happy about this situation uh I know Ken you and I disagree the last time this happened Logan Stanley if you remember the play got up on remember, top yeah. of Kaprizov's back I'm more I knew you remembered I, I was more along the lines of the audience but Kaprizov has the puck Logan Stanley gets up on his back. Kaprizov's legs are kind of split like Bambi's. You thought it was just a, a you know, it was an accidental thing. I saw it as more of, oh, I, again, uh, we can look at this. But I saw sure. this as if people who want to look way back to the NFL, they actually changed a rule on this. Rich Gannon playing for the Raiders uh, in the AFC Championship, the year that the Baltimore uh, Ravens win. Tony Siragusa comes in. And O-linemen used to do this thing where they'd get on the quarterback and they would kind of hold their arms up like, oh, I'm not doing anything. And then they would fall with all their weight on top of 
that that quarterback and that that breaks ribs you got a 360 guy pound guy falling on you you create injuries the nhl addressed that you don't need to address that and hockey doesn't happen enough but my take on that was that logan stanley felt that he had kaprizov in a bit of a rough spot and he took all his weight and he threw his weight on top of him i can tell you regardless of what you think what i think i can tell you winnipeg jets fans for the most part thought that was a nothing burger play i can tell you that minnesota wild fans are heated and thought that would that was an intent to injure as did their coach at the time as did their roster at the time as did their gm at the time this is going to be another situation where minnesota wild fans think that the jets are taking liberties with their ultimate star player ken do you see any of that in this situation i don't i'm watching the video right now sean honestly the first supposed cross-check is a push on the rib. The second one is... is oh. Sorry, uh, just look like I froze up here. Start but, again um, the first one. Start I'm watching the, the play one. right now in the replay. Sorry, I, I don't see... Like, he push, He leans on him on the first one. The second one, yes, is a cross-check in the rib area. Um, That's the I, one I where Caprizov goes here. down and turns to look at the yes, rap, right? Yeah. For sure. And then he, you know, he cross checks him back or tries to, but hits more pad than body. And then he gives him a two hander on the way by. I mean, uh, these cross checks happen twenty times a game. I mean, I don't see that as a blatant show of, uh, you know, a, a, a targeting a star player. Yeah, I mean, Brendan Dillon leans on him a little bit, and the second one catches him just in a bad spot. I personally don't see that as. You know, is someone going to, you know, Middleton, obviously they dropped the gloves and went at it. I don't think that this is a dirty play by Brendan Dillon by any stretch. And the first one is more of a love tap for me. Anyways, I, I, fans get up in arms. I get it. But uh, I don't, this is not a not anywhere, anywhere close to a suspension. It, I don't even think it was a penalty. Both guys gave as much as they got. It just happened to catch Kaprizov in a bad spot. I don't want Kaprizov out of the game. I, he's one of the most talented players in the NHL. I want to watch him play. But this is not Brendan Dillon uh, targeting a star player and trying to injure him. Uh, not not for me. I don't I don't see it that way at all. I, I don't I don't see it either. To be honest, uh, it's one of those plays. Now, I mean, granted, that is a spot. And, and Ken, you'll know this. But he doesn't wind up. Do. This is my issue. Sure, Sean. Sean, I'm not trying to. Like, he doesn't really even wind up on the cross check. It's like a little push. If he was trying to hurt him, he would have wound up and got him in an open, exposed yeah, area. No, again, I, I don't think this is suspendable. I don't think this is a bad play. I will say this: we know from playing hockey, especially in the area that we era that we grew up playing in, that defensemen, if they're going to give it to you in that spot, like the floating ribs, is is it's a tough spot to take a. Sure, uh, you don't have to be hit hard. So this is definitely Brandon Dillon. Uh, here, I'll just ask you this: in that situation, cross-checking him in that spot, is that the most vulnerable spot that he could have cross-checked him in at that point? Caprizov's uh, back is to him. I don't know where else he would have been pushing I, on him. But come on, I mean, is, come on, what? Come He's on. exposed, sure, but Sean, I mean, I'm not guys asking get for a lot every here. play. Get, getting a cross-check in the floating ribs is not a comfortable spot to get. I guess this is all I'm saying. I, I don't think it's that. I don't. I, I'm saying if you're talking about the the Minnesota Wild in a situation like this and how they would feel about this, a defenseman knows what he's doing if he's cross-checking you in the floating ribs. Anyone who's played hockey knows that before. Sure. If you spent any time in front of the net, the only worst spot that you could cross-check a guy in that situation is in the back of the neck. I don't think it's dirty. I think it just happens there. I'm trying to tell you this is why Minnesota Wild fans are going to feel that way because he's getting cross-checked in the floating ribs and they're thinking that's our star that's one of their tough guys their tough guys cross-checked him in the floating ribs and he's out of the game if you're looking at it from a very cut and dry perspective of theirs that's how they'll see it i'm acknowledging it to the point that i want to say listen let's get the facts out on the table that's the way they'll be seeing it that said i still don't see it as intent he doesn't lean up he doesn't have a grimace on his face he's not trying to throw everything he has at it he catches him in an unfortunate spot it's an unfortunate spot though that's a tough spot to take oh take sure a check like that that's all i'm trying to say i'm not trying to build a case against brendan dillon to me the case is not there i'm just trying to make sure we get all the facts so that someone looking at this from the other side isn't saying that we're ignoring the facts no and no one is ignoring anything it was a cross 
sure. The second one is a cross check on his ribs that were exposed and he caught him in an area that would have been uncomfortable. No doubt yes. about that. Yes. I just don't. Brennan Dillon took the fight against the toughest player on the other team. I, this is over for me. I don't, this isn't a situation where, oh, how dare the, you know, the Wild are going to be coming after Cole Perfetti tomorrow as retribution. I mean, nothing happened to Ryan Hartman today. I, I don't, I don't no, know. This is good. Hey, this, I, I think the Jets have handled this amazingly well. I go back to the fact that, hey, Brendan Dillon, I don't think did anything wrong. And I think he's sitting there and he's saying, I just played this. And then the other team sends out their tough guy for retribution. And he says, okay, you want retribution? Let's do this. To your point, Ryan Hartman, this could have been, we had people in our chat calling for this. The Winnipeg Jets have handled this rivalry in, uh, immensely well. And the way that they like, I mean, they're playing the other team's star player tough. They're playing them hard. Good for them. That's what they should be doing. There is no flaw in this towards the Winnipeg Jets. I, the, the, their GM, their coach can say that these are cheap plays all they want. That's their perspective. I'm not saying, I'm not saying for a second that I think that this is Brendan Dillon brought the value that he brings as a hockey player to this game. He made life hard on the opposition's best players, and he turned around. He w goes up against Erickson Eck. Someone mentioned it earlier on about Erickson Eck body slamming him and saying, I, again, I think that's, oh, uh, God, it's right here. Where is this? Uh, I missed it. But one of our one person in our chat room had said that Erickson Eck body slammed him and there was no call. There was a call. He got called for roughing. He got sent to the box. Brendan Dillon had popped him in the mouth two or three times before that. Both those guys went to the box. I like this kind of hockey. Erickson Eck is going back at Dillon. Dillon's making life miserable for one of their tough players going to the front of the net. Brendan Dillon gave you full value of what he brings as a hockey player to the Winnipeg Jets. Say, there's nothing wrong with anything that he did there. I just don't like being, you know, oh, there was absolutely nothing wrong with this and there was this and he barely, it's just a scratch. He barely touched him. This guy's weak. I don't want to go down that road because then we sound like homers. I don't want to sound like a homer. I want to get the facts out on the table here. But the facts as I see them are Brendan Dillon went out, played their star rough. Their star ended up getting hurt. Did he catch him in an unfortunate spot? I think he did. Is it suspendable? I don't think it is. Do I think he went out and tried to purposely injure him in that situation? I don't think he did, although I think he was trying to make life uncomfortable for him. That's how it goes. This is hockey. I think this is a well-played on both sides up to the fight afterwards where they both handled this situation. There's a lot of heat and intensity to this rivalry. The Winnipeg Jets could have gone out and lost their mind going after Ryan Hartman. Uh, they didn't do that. They focused in. They got the two points. Go back to last year and Lowry taking on Reeves. The Winnipeg Jets at every single moment of this rivalry, I think, have handled it like men, like professionals. They've done their job. And I think if you are a Minnesota Wild fan who's trying to get angry at the Winnipeg Jets for this happening, you're doing a lot to manufacture that anger because there's not a lot here I think you can look at as a Wild fan and say, boy, those guys are cheap. No, this was not a dirty game. And I mean, <laughs> quite frankly, um, in terms of Hartman, yes, Josh Morrissey kind of went after him a little bit and then Hartman gave it the old accidentally on purpose in the first period, but then it kind of went away. But yeah. there, there was no, I mean... The one thing that was surprising to me, Sean, and just quickly, I love the way Kaprizov plays. He likes to mix it up. That's part of what makes him great. But that also exposes him to a guy that wants to cross-check him every once in yes. a while. That's part exactly. of the deal. But that's why coaches love the way that he plays. Now, are there going to be injuries once in a while? Yes, but uh, that's the beauty of it. But, I mean, the fact, you're right, the Jets didn't spend the day chasing around Ryan Hartman, trying to, you know, slash him, hit him, cross-check him, any of those ridiculous things. I mean, that's smart hockey. You take a number, if there's a situation that comes up, hey, he's going to be looking to mix it up. You know, he's got Neil Pionk in a headlock. You know, that, that's the way that he plays. If he plays on the team that you're playing for, you love Ryan Hartman. If you're playing against him, you don't want to play against him. Oh, yeah. I would also say one quick thing too, Sean. Brandon Duhame, great shot block in the third. Brandon Duhame got Nito Niederreiter into the game before he just before he scored his goal. Punched him in the face in that scrum in front. In an afternoon game, you're trying to get yourself going. If someone punches you in the face, you're going to be more alert on your next shift. He scored in the next shift. He was out there. So, I mean, this whole, if people are saying, the, I mean, the Jets are not a dirty team, and I don't think the Wild are either. One thing no. I'm surprised by, I love the way that Marcus Foligno plays. 
only one hit today, really, that was noticeable. And it was yeah. like a beat and a half late on Nikolai Ehlers. But if you're if you're Marcus Foligno, you have to finish that check. But to me, I, I didn't find this to be a dirty game at all. In fact, I don't think it was intense as what we were expecting. But most of that was because of the penalties called in the second period. For me, anyway, I... And they weren't like roughhousing penalties outside of the, you know, like you mentioned, Dylan and Erickson that kind of getting flipped around in front there. So anyways, I thought the Jets were solid. Uh, their fourth line was excellent again today. Um, you know, Well, let's get to the fourth line. We should stop talking to this because we're upsetting tissue. So he's going to need a tissue uh, to handle the conversation that we just had. Um, let's get to the fourth line. Uh, and, and okay, I love what I'm seeing from this team in that you can, you can take a look at how a lot of coaches would, would handle uh, their fourth line and throwing them out there. Not you. I mean, we come from a coach that rarely used his fourth line the way that you would use it in this situation like this. But if you take a look at Rick bonus and the situation by which there's players coming in and out of this lineup, AJF comes in new Gus came in new at one point. Uh, Tony uh, Toninato has come in as a new player and has looked really, really good. Um, what do you think is going into this that the coach would not take a look and say, God, we're just down on the fourth line. Let's play them a little bit less and instead go, Hey, I don't care who's the next man up. We've got confidence in them. Throw them out there and let's give this fourth line a big piece of the pie in this game tonight. Because the way that I see it, the fourth line earned the Jets a point in their last game. And they're a big part of the two points in this game as well, Ken. Yeah, I mean, we'll go through it again quickly. I mean, because of the power plays, Dominic Tony Tony Notto, only 720 of ice time, 12 shifts. But he managed to get four hits, and his pass to Axel Janssen-Fialbi is excellent. He's behind the net, finds him, and Janssen-Fialbi buries it. Most important part about that play, it's the insurance goal. Comes just over two minutes after Boldy's goal. It stabilized the entire game. Instead of chasing and playing with your hair on fire for the third period and going through a fire drill, the Jets' fourth line restores order and then gets a couple other shifts and looks great out there. I love the way Tony Notto's playing. I mean, it, it, it's people don't understand how hard this is. It's not like Tony Notto's been playing 35 games with the Manitoba Moose. I think he's played nine games down there this year. He's stuck in hockey purgatory, Sean, yeah. where he is up with the NHL team, which is great, but he hadn't played until December 27th. He's played nine games with the Moose this year, two with the Jets. It's December 31st tomorrow. 11 games, and not because of injury. So all he's been able to do to stay ready is go through conditioning bag skates. This is not a fun place to be. I, I'm i quite familiar with the skate. Nobody wants to be a healthy scratch, but guess what? You can handle it one of two ways. You can be upset about it or be blaming someone else, or you can stay ready for when your number is called. I love the fact that he stayed ready when his number was called, and he's now he's delivering. So back to your original point, Sean. We talked about this at the start of the year, about the Jets' depth up front, and they needed to prove it. Sean, today, they're on forward number 14 and 15 right now with Janssen Fialbi and Tony Notto. What does that line do? Scores an important goal in a game where a lot of times the fourth line gets parked. See you later. You haven't played much in the second. I can't trust you to play in the third and one goal game. No, you need to get out there and do something, not tread water. That's exactly what they did. And now all of a sudden we're talking about, you know, Rick Bonus even told us the other day, well, Rasmus Kapari might play on the next road trip. Uh, not not tomorrow in Minnesota, but on that next trip to California and Arizona. Well, who are you taking out? Right? I mean, this is this is a big question for the Jets now. I mean, they've got a bunch of guys playing well, but the other part of this, Sean, is this is what your depth guys are for. And hey, it was like three weeks ago. People are saying the Jets should be recalling Brad Lambert. Are you kidding me? No offense to Brad Lambert, who's having a great year. You don't need to call up a skilled player who's trying to find his way and and is playing very well with the Manitoba Moose. You have people in your organization like Dominic Tony Notto and Axel Janssen-Fialbi who can come in and do the job, right? I mean, that's that's what organizations with depth that want to win do. 
Well, hey, I'll say this. Um, this to me is just another another example of the Rick bonus blueprint and how it's working because these are a lot of players that we've seen in the past uh and now ajf came in last year under the rick bonus blueprint looked really good at the beginning of the season tailed off towards the end of the year but this is a system by which it is so defined uh and so readily known to these players that they're walking and they know exactly what they need to do like dominic toninato has had a decently long nhl career he was with colorado he was with the jet i mean geez the biggest goal he scores of his life is the game winner in game one uh of that series right. against the uh the edmonton oilers right he's been with the winnipeg jets a long time this is the best he's looked and i don't think i'm not saying that he hasn't looked good in the past Dominic Toninato looks really, really good right now. AJF playing the best hockey of his life right now. No doubt about it. Gus was playing the best hockey we've ever seen him play in his career right now. And I'm going to give a little bit of a shout out to Morgan Barron because Morgan Barron is the constant on this line this season. And he gives you the same thing game after game after game. He gives you that speed. He gives you that shutdown ability we're seeing uh, on the penalty kill, but in five on five as well, but he's using that big body and getting to the ice and creating that like, Hey, he's playing off AJF speed. AJF is playing off of his, uh, you know, his tenacity. He is opening up ice on that line. And like I've said before, I think Adam Lowry, and that line sets the tone for the Jets and have done it all year. And now the Jets play like that line. I think the players that get on play like Morgan Barron. So give this young man credit. He is leading the way in creating a fourth line that is extremely hard to play yep. against. But I'll also give credit to Rick Bonus and his coaching staff in this situation. Because if you take a look at Rick Bonus, he could have at any point decided, hey, we don't have the horses here. We're not going to play the fourth line as much. We're going to lean on everybody else. Nothing changed as these guys have gone out. They've brought guys in, and they've all succeeded. They haven't missed a beat, and clearly that has really paid off for the Winnipeg Jets. And just a quick transition here. If you're looking to pay off high interest credit cards or debt, we suggest you go talk to our friends at Cambrian Credit Union about their payoff loans. They can show you how taking out a loan to pay off your debt actually gets you debt-free faster, and you can save thousands of dollars. Go to Cambrian mb.ca to book an appointment online and you know what can i do this quick because we've got uh tickets to the home renovation oh, right. show yes. to give out through pristine roofing i'm gonna hand the pristine roofing wake-up call not to you ken for your third line take but all the people out there that like nick lineham who continue to go down this road despite it being a road filled with heartache and and you know you're just distancing yourself from hockey fans who can see what's going on here so i'm gonna hand out the pristine roofing call uh wake up call to all of them what i'm gonna ask you to do and sorry rick i'm gonna pile it on you here this is north end rick's number one two four two oh four nine eight one six two eight nine the first one of you who texts him and says wake up w-a-k-e-u-p the first one to text north end rick and tell him wake up he is going to pronounce you as the winner of the uh tickets to the uh home improvement show coming up here in winnipeg uh we've handed out the pristine roofing wake up call that's not the only reason you need to get a hold of Rick, though. If you have any roofing, siding, exterior needs, he's the guy to call to come down and tell you exactly how Pristine Roofing can help you. You can also give them a call at 1-204-237-7663. And that is the Pristine Roofing wake-up call. One last time, folks, you want those tickets, you got to text North End Rick at one 204 981 All right, Ken, moving on here. Uh, where do you want to go with this? What do you want to do? I'm going to give Kenny carte blanche to go in whatever direction he wants to go in. Well, hang on a second here. Um, let's talk about the... F- let's get into the... Uh, what have we got? 15? Let- let's go to... I want to transition to for the first line here, but let's go to Johnston Group quickly uh, because there are a bunch of plays, sure. and one in particular... Uh, I love the back check by Shifley. Uh, I know there are a bunch of people up in arms last game. Oh, he didn't... He, he did should have pressured Bedard. I mean, today, if anyone thought that there was going to be, I mean, again, I don't particularly have an issue with how Shifley played that back check because in a three-on-three scenario, you don't need three players sucked around one player. Uh, I don't think it was a lazy back check. But in case you were curious, 
about how Mark felt about backchecking. He showed you again this afternoon in a one-goal game, lifted the stick, I believe, of Matt Boldy in the crease area when it looked like it was a tap-in. So uh, that that to me, uh, that's my that's my. I know you had, a, you had a you have one yourself, Sean, that you also liked. But for me, that play by Shifley uh, had Johnson Group. We've got you covered all over it. Uh, really strong back check. And again, this wasn't a day where that top line popped offensively. But guess what? They did the job. They did they did the job defensively. Were able to generate some offense, and then they were able to you know make a couple important plays. I thought they moved the puck and the power play a little bit better. I uh, had a few opportunities, but uh, I love that defensive effort by Shifley, and that's why I've chosen that one for my We've Got You Covered play of the game by the Johnston Group. I'm going to hand one to Mason Appleton, who yeah. we were talking about, uh, and, you know, as part of the conversation that never dies, the third line, uh, I think that there were some people who were talking about maybe switching him out. He had a really, really great stick lift, a strong stick lift, uh, as the Wild had a chance at the side of the net. I thought it was a hugely pivotal point of the game that he did that but it's just another strong play by him i know that he gets an assist on the first goal by nino niederreiter um on the uh, sorry second no but he should have had one on the first yeah also yeah I uh but uh i just thought once again this was that line showed up and yes they get scored on and hey god i love that how about we got you covered nino niederreiter basically volunteering that his line he thought failed at one point in getting scored on i love that that this line goes out and wins a game essentially for its team uh, and does so against a really hard team to shut down and a team that is also going to grind you and rather than sit there and pat himself on the back about getting two goals and you know you know conversations that this team would have had before about we know we're good he's sitting there kind of volunteering the information that we failed on that goal and made the game unnecessarily close hey Nino Niederreiter had the tying goal and the game-winning goal. That wasn't enough for him. The fact that he made it close and put the Jets in a situation where there may have been a question about whether or not they could hold on to this lead, you can tell is eating away at him. And that's a line that you know is going to go out and try and kind of steal this back. But the kind of play that he loves is that play by Mason Appleton with a really strong stick lift that I think would have been a goal had he not done that. And that was a hard play. That player had position on him, and Mason Appleton was still able to get in and keep a goal from happening. To me, that's the got-you-covered play of the game by me. I like that we've there were so many examples of that here tonight. But, hey, yep. do you run a small business in Canada? Look to Canada's number one employee benefits plan, Chambers Plan, to give you a competitive edge. Chambers Plan is the simple, stable, smart choice for over 30,000 businesses countrywide. Visit chamberplan.ca to learn more. Hey, we might as well get into it as well because it's 4730 uh, here in the show. Not a lot of time left. Get to your keg save of the game. I think this was an obvious one, Ken. Oh, Oh, goodness, yeah. Flo- Nino Niederreiter's chance for another hat trick, uh, absolutely foiled by the left pad of Marc-Andre Fleury and coming on ex- unexpectedly in relief in game 999 of his career, making it a crisp 1,000 expected to anyway on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Jets will respond with Lauren Brissois for those who had been asking, but uh, for me that save <laughs> on Niederreiter is absolutely top-notch. But again, we've talked about leadership a lot, Sean. Nino Niederreiter doesn't need a letter either. He's obviously become an important piece of this puzzle for the Winnipeg Jets. And immediately, he could have been, you know, patting himself on the back. Great two-goal performance. Line was really good. Just like he didn't like the goal against, he's ticked off that he didn't raise the puck a little higher. Yeah. I love this. This yeah. is this is what a perennial 20-goal guy, this is the standard that you hold yourself to. Yeah, I had two, but you know what? I should have had three. And, you know, as much as he's ready to give a stick tap to Marc-Andre Fleury, who I wrote about in Dump and Chase this week with colleague Mike McIntyre, and great quotes from Nate Schmidt. If you hadn't checked it out yet, please do so. I love the fact that he's more mad about the one he didn't get than being happy with the two that he got. That's what makes players great. Um, I, I've got no arguments on the keg save of the game. That was absolutely phenomenal. I, hey, uh, and stick tap, uh, heavy stick tap to the crowd at the uh, Winnipeg Jets game. First sellout of the year, Ken? Yes, sir. Yep, that is accurate. Yeah. What great way to end the season, or sorry, not end the season, end the year, Winnipeg Jets fans, but the class that you showed in giving a big round of applause to Marc-Andre Fleury, who had his 999th game and is going to play his 1,000th game, which is crazy 
for a goaltender, Ken. Crazy that he's playing a thousand games at the NHL level. Great job there, but yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Nine hundred ninety-nine games, and he's still making saves like that. Absolutely and, unbelievable. And- that is the keg save of the game. You got something to say quickly? Yeah, Ken, just quickly. I mean, he's he's on 550 wins. His next win will tie him with Patrick Waugh for second overall yeah. in the NHL all time. All Crazy. time. It's Classic. bananas. Classic. And I have to say this, Ken. Uh, I know Jets fans aren't going to like this, but the way that he handled that 2018 Western Conference Final Series against the Jets, that situation, how calm and cool and kind of like happy, like there was an aura around the, oh, the Vegas Golden Knights that started that year with the Misfits and continued ever since. But I really thought that he established at that point where the Jets are grinding and trying to score and they come crashing down and they're crashing the net. And one of the Vegas Golden Knights players has Blake Wheeler pushed over top of the net and everyone's angry. And Marc-Andre Fleury reaches over and tickles Blake Wheeler's ear with his finger (laughs) in the middle of that situation. To me, I know Jets fans didn't appreciate it at the time. They probably don't. I take a look at that and I think to have that kind of levity in that moment if you're the if you're the Vegas Golden Knights and that series is that intense and the Jets were as kind of like clinging as heavy as they are, that is such a raise you up moment. Like you want to talk about a winner, Mark Andre Fleury, a two time Cup champion, yeah. uh, and I know for one of those cups he was not the guy in the net. Uh, uh, boy oh boy, Mark Andre Fleury, a class act, and that's a moment I'll never forget. Uh, I'll probably forget that goal or that save that he made here, but not going to save it tonight because that is the keg save of the game. According to Ken and I, you should share with us so your keg save of the game. Why? Because if you do, you're automatically entered to win a $50 gift certificate usable at any of the kegs, three locations in the city, each location finer than the last. And the winner of the keg save of the game, that would be Schickster. Schickster, oh. you know what to do. Direct message me at SN Sean Reynolds. I need your full name. And I also need from you an email in which I can send you your $50 gift certificate. Do that, and you'll be having a juicy, sumptuous steak or prime rib or whatever you want. There's a list, endless list of options at the keg. You will have that uh, as long as you send me that information. Uh, Congratulations to Schickster. Always, always dutifully filling out the uh, lamplighter and the keg, uh, the lamplighter, uh, excuse me, the TCB lamplighter and the keg save of the game. Always dutifully doing that. So good to see Schickster win. Uh, Let's move on, Ken, uh, and uh, hand out the lamplighter for this uh, for this time around, which stick around, people. It's for a 16 pack. Whoa. Okay. All right. For me, uh, I loved a lot of what the fourth line goal did for the Winnipeg Jets in that hockey game. But to me, it's the Niederreiter first goal. Because of all three elements. Mason Appleton battling in the corner with Zach Bogosian. Adam Lowry picking out the puck, driving the net, going for... I'm not 100% sure if it's a wraparound attempt or a pass attempt. I, you know that We're going to leave that up to Adam to decide. But regardless, Nino Niederreiter, elusive. Uh, Bogosian still tied up with Appleton. Goes to a quiet area around the blue paint and delivers his first of two up to 12 on the year. I love that that line is the embodiment of what the third line does when they are on top of their game, and that's why I'm choosing it as my lamplighter today. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go uh, off the uh, off the beaten path here, uh, and I am going to say uh, it's it's the it's the Hartman goal, um, and the reason I say that is because. They got on the inside against the Winnipeg Jets, which is almost impossible to do. So in that situation, I know that Nino Niederreiter didn't like it, but I'm going to hand the goal to the second goal for the Minnesota Wild because they the did something goal, that had, Sorry, Boldy. the Boldy goal. Sorry. Uh, I, I'm handing it to them because they did something that teams have not been able to do against the Winnipeg Jets. So congratulations. You snuck one in there. Doesn't seem like it's going to happen very often, which I think makes it worth the lamplighter of the game. That's my lamplighter. You heard Ken's lamplighter. We want to hear your lamplighter because if 
you do share with us your lamplighter, you're automatically entered to win a frosty delicious eight pack, or in today's case, a 16 pack of lamplighter amber ale brought to you by our friends at Transcanda Brewing Company. If you cannot wait for Kenny and Rennie to gift you your very own eight pack of lamplighter amber ale, head on down to Transcanda Brewing Company and join them in their tap room at 11290 Keniston Avenue, where we will be hosting the Kenny and Rennie January for Fanuaries on January 22nd, a Monday night game against the Boston Bruins. I don't know if you've got it, Ken, but if you could throw into the chat room the link for that, you can go to Eventbrite. Uh, Good stuff, everybody. Uh, uh, Yes, we'd love to see everybody down there. Uh, Like I said, the Kenny and Rennie community has yet to let us down when it comes to these events. They've rocked it every single time. I know that you're full of turkey. I know that you had lots of holiday chocolates and lots of holiday drinks, that the eggnog is still probably flowing. There's still a couple days to go, but hey, don't wait. Go get your tickets. Believe me, you're going to be ready to do it all over again on January 22nd because it's January for Fanuaries, and we want to make sure that we show the January Fanuaries that we appreciate them. And we do that by giving you uh, all the pizza that you can eat, all the uh, appies you can eat in your first drink, and a great time uh, down at uh, TCB. So yeah, time we're there to this announce. week again. Everyone's doing well over there. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, time to announce our winner of the 16 pack and that would be isha boy bruce isha boy bruce who just said right now chugging some expired eggnog right now (laughs) you don't need to do that anymore you can put the eggnog away isha boy bruce because you've won a frosty delicious 16 pack of lamplighter amber ale brought to you by our friends at tcb you know what to do direct message me at sn sean reynolds i need your full name isha boy bruce I need an email. You do those things and you will have a frosty, delicious 16-pack of Lamplighter Amber Ale brought to you by our friends at Trans Canada Brewing Company. Congratulations, Issue Boy Bruce. You deserve it. Um, one last place to go, Ken. Uh, I don't think that you really dug into the first line the way that you wanted to. Do you want to uh, have your last say on that? We got about three and a half minutes to do so. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. <laughs> we were kind of wondering what the break in the schedule would mean for the jets. And prior to the break, the jets top line had been absolutely flying, right? Sean, five game point streak. They were racking up points at will, but I don't mind the way I thought I liked the way they played today. I didn't mind their game. Um, you know, can they be a little bit more connected? Sure. But I don't mind the way that they're playing. It's nothing to be concerned about for me whatsoever. Um, but you know, it'd be interesting to see in the rematch because now, I wonder what the matchup game looks like tomorrow, Sean. Again, we have question marks for the Wild about Kaprizov and where he's at and is he going to be able to play. But we know John Hines isn't going to want them to, that top line to play against Lowry anyway. So that now probably puts the Shifley line back in the crosshairs of needing to be incredibly strong defensively if they're going to be going uh, up against Erickson, Eck, and Boldy and whoever is on that other wing, whether it's Kaprizov or Hartman or someone else. So that's one thing I'll be watching for tomorrow. Uh, or, you know, quickly, what do you think about the way that that line's played in the last two games? Um, well, uh, what I like about them is, I, okay, there was a, a play today and I was chatting with uh, TSN's camera guy, Freddie Misalacha, great guy who I, hey, I got him uh, the Christmas orange beer you did. they have there. I got him an eight pack of that because Fred's just like a phenomenal human being, a great guy. He went down to the Masters Confirmed. a number of years ago and came back. He knows I like to wear, you don't see a lot on the podcast. Maybe I could, I don't know if I could that high but i like to wear fancy socks fred knew that so fred went out and got me a pair of really sweet socks from the masters one year didn't need to be asked for it he just went out and did it because he's a great guy i've been waiting to get him back for years and he loves the christmas orange which hey if you haven't tried it you should get on down they've got some holiday packs at tcb you should jump in on uh but we were watching and there was a play uh on the power play where the puck goes in uh it's a shot bounces off the pads and as quickly as Gabe Velarde was able to cor- not just corral it, but get it on his stick and get an opportunity to pop the puck in the net, his hands around the net are insane. Yeah. But what I would say is we've talked about this uh, before. The Winnipeg Jets finish on an extremely high rate. We know that. Analytically, the suggestion is that that number should come down. I think when that number comes down with lines like that is that's a line that really focuses on quality over quantity when they're trying to create an opportunity it's usually a good opportunity and so i think 
when you have these Christmas breaks and to us peons, right? Like I'm off the ice for two months and I get back on and I'm like, oh, I feel like just like when I left, whereas these highly attuned hockey players stay off the ice for two days and they're like, oh my God, I feel like I'm, you know, like I, 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 that kind of line is the line that is going to feel the Christmas break more than any other line. So I, th- I, I, what I like about them is they don't cheat. They don't come out of this and say, you know what? The hands aren't there. Let's look for a breakaway. Let's get down ice. To your point, Mark Scheifele looked great defensively. Once again today, he has all year. Boy, oh boy. Nick Ehlers, one thing he doesn't get credit for, Ken, there's a number of times today that he sealed the puck in the Minnesota uh, and right at the blue line along the boards, Nick Ehlers does not get enough credit, near enough credit for how well he plays the boards and what a beast he is on the boards. We talked about how good Shifley is at it. We know that we talked about how good Velarde is at it. We know it. Those are two big, huge boys that are tough to beat on the boards. Nick Ehlers does it just with phenomenal body positioning, a great stick and great skates. We've seen him with his, uh, you know, soccer plays. He uses those soccer feet to help seal the boards. He's so good at it. They're doing everything right. I don't need them to be scoring. This team's got enough depth that if there's a stretch of two or three games where the top line isn't scoring, I'm fine with it. Because I know that the way they're playing right now, they'll go and they'll play the game the right way outside of it. Uh, so anyone who's looking and saying, oh, this is an example of this yeah. line slowing down and running out of steam, BS. They're a highly attuned line that scores their goals off of quality chances. But that means you got to be able to finish. Their hands need to be in that kind of spot. No one is going to be more affected by Christmas than that top line. Other than putting the puck in the back of the net, they've done everything else right. Uh, if I'm Rick Bonus, I'm extremely happy with those guys that they don't take these lulls as an opportunity to not play the game the right way. They just keep marching through. Good on them for doing that. Yeah, right on. And yeah, I think I mentioned earlier, Brassois will start. It'll be his ninth start. Uh, just quickly, uh, I know we said we were going to do this last time. I know I didn't get to watch a ton of the World Junior game yesterday, Sean, but uh, obviously important for Elias Solomonson to. Uh, come back into the lineup, playing on that top pair for Team Sweden in a big win over uh, Team Canada. Uh, I've loved the way that Denton Matejchuk and Connor Geeky have played the Manitoba flavor uh, for Team Canada through the first three games of the tournament. Uh, it'll be interesting once the playoffs begin. Obviously, we know Rutger McGordy. Everyone's been watching him uh, coming back from that tough injury. But uh, yeah, I think it'll be a fun time. You know, I don't have a lot of big thoughts, but just thought I would mention uh, quickly what we've seen. Do you have any quick thoughts on either the Jets prospects or what you've been seeing from Team Canada as they get set for a? I think they'll have an, will it be a New Year's Eve showdown. I think they must have one coming up, right? Yeah, they're uh, off today. I, I, th- I think it's an interesting team, Canada, in that, you know, like you take a look at all the guys. I mean, if Adam Fantilli is on this team or if Connor Bedard right. is on this team, that's an entirely different situation. I Even think Zach Kevin Benson. Korchinski, Zach Benson, Kevin Korchinski, I think, could be on that team as well. The amount of the amount of uh, of um, talent that Canada's leaving off this team is absolutely ridiculous. I watched that last game against um, the the uh, uh, Swedish team. One thing that yep. impresses me about them, their details. They had such good detail. And it's funny, from watching a team like the Winnipeg Jets, I when it comes down to it, I take a look at it, Ken. I think that the Jets win a game like this tonight because as good as the Minnesota Wild are, as skilled as they can be, as good as they can grind, the Winnipeg Jets had the better details tonight. And if you take a look at that team, Sweden, they're going to be hard to beat. They've got insanely good details. The, the, Team Canada lost that game on the details. I think it's reason if you are, you know, hoping that Canada can get back in there. If they can clean up their details, that's a little bit different of a game. Uh, They should be able to do that. If they lose the, um, you know, if you don't have the high-end talent that is missing from that team, you should be able to still win with details. Just like the Winnipeg Jets, like we said, Ken, we thought we're going to cruise without Kyle Connor because you can lose star players if you've got this kind of blueprint and you play the details right. Uh, that team's got to get to their details if they're going to have a chance of winning that gold. Yeah, right on. And I'm going to say this too, and I know that Canadian fans were not happy in the moment, but I love the. I mean, I think it was so important that the refs got it right on that you know that check on Owen Beck it was a hard hit Sean it was not boarding it was not a five minute major and for me it wasn't a minor Uh, I know in the moment that Alan Letang was not happy with the call and he basically was saying are you sure you can live with that but I think that honestly if Alan Letang goes back to the tape 
and looks at that play and he thinks of that in a in a reversal if he thinks that that's a hit a, a Canadian player on a Swedish player he wants that same call I think the ref got it completely right I know some people thought oh it should have still been a minor this is we talk about the hits all the time Sean whether it's headshots or hits from behind that hit started on the numbers the hitter made sure that Owen Beck went into the board's shoulders first. That's why I'm glad they didn't call anything on the play. Nice. Okay. All right. Hey, uh, we got to get going. I know you have an event to host, so we're going to get out of here. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, once again. Uh, I, I, I'm getting to understand that, uh, you know, after really big wins like this, and this feels like a big win that people are going to show up. You got something to say, Ken? Sorry, some people are, Gregory and a couple people are upset of what I just said. Beck was on the ice two shifts later. It wasn't a penalty. It was not a penalty. You're not tissue who controls the show uh, is not going <laughs> to let you talk about that. Uh, so we're going to get out of here right now before tissue comes down with the hammer of Thor on us here. Uh, hey, if you appreciate the conversations happening in this space, please, please appreciate uh, our sponsors who fight to keep the conversation going in this space. For us, that's Vittorio Rossi, Cambrian Credit Union, Sweet Lou Ferlin, Pristine Roofing in their wake up call. Hopefully the North End Rick got all that sorted out. We've got more tickets we're going to be giving away in the future to uh, the Home Improvement Show. Uh, also also add the Johnson Group in there, the Keg and Trans Canada Brewing Company. Uh, no headband oh, tomorrow, God, buddy. Tomorrow, here, oh, let's, let's I'll do play it today. our way Come out on. of the show. There you we'll go. Play buddy. our way oh, here. And before I say goodbye to everyone, let's play our way out of the show uh, with and make it a late, late breaking good headband version of the Kenny and Randy show. <laughs> Oh, man, I love how hot Gregory Liverpool is coming in. He says, see you at TCB in January. I will destroy you, Kenny. So, here, hey, he's coming in hot. You should all come in hot. That, that's one of the things I love is uh, our chat room always challenges us and holds us to account just like not hey. letting me out of the show without doing the headband. I love doing it face-to-face. I love having those face-to-face conversations with everybody. Uh, Larry TSG says, too many people with the blinders on. Ken, Larry, I'll get you that. I thought I'd sent it to you. Don't worry, Larry, a past winner of the uh, TCB Lamplighter is going to be Frank for sure. Uh, and welcome, Frank. Hi, everyone. Frank says, enjoying the chat. First time talking here. But he's hey, a long-time watcher. Set, welcome. Set, uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Make sure you're uh, in because we love it when people join. Uh, and that's the last thing I'll end on here is this is not the last <laughs> show, and I'll give a more of a soliloquy on this, but you guys all know how much it means. You guys and gals all know how much it means that you spend your time with us you here. Let's do it one more time in 2023 before the calendar flips to 2024. Another afternoon game between the Winnipeg Jets and the Minnesota Wild to close out the calendar. We can't wait to spend that time with you all here. Thanks for joining us this time and we will see you tomorrow.